I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam Podcast here on Patreon, a day early or wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts. The next day, my name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you? You in the festive spirit? I'm getting there, Kenny. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm deep into the festive spirit. I'm, I'm more organised than I usually am by this point, <clears throat> which is mainly because we're going down to Durham in the car with two dogs, so you kind of have to... My mum went down to my other half's mum's to drop stuff off so we could we couldn't take everything in one go. So it forced us to be prepared this year, which is good. So well, Kenny, yeah, I'm glad that you're prepared. That was the scouts' motto. Be prepared. See, I never went to the scouts, that's why it held me back. That's it, Kenny. If only you had, just think where you could be in life now. I know, if only. Putting you on company and doing a podcast with a guy who wrote the magazine that you read when you were a kid. Oh, you're already doing that. <laughs> well, you know, the things that dreams are made of. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Sure, what, what... Kenny, we should start by saying issue 40 of Inside the Ropes is on sale now with Will Ospreay as the main cover photo. Yes, so that's on sale now with your six-page interview with Jim Cornette which is in there, which I think people will be very interested in. So, yeah, loads of stuff in there. I hope people will check it out. And, you know, the good thing about December is you get it before Christmas. So you can have that for your festive reading before, uh, you know, you get bored by whoever you're around. Um, <laughs> but... Until you're in the week. It's just like, 
No, everyone hates the families, Kenny. Not well, everyone. Well. <laughs> no, not hate. It's just, uh, you know, it's like when you're around your family, you, you, you've got like a certain amount of time that you can be around them and enjoy yeah. it. And then, but the problem is with Christmas is if you go and stay with people, you're stuck. You know, so if it's if, if if somebody comes up to you and and I mean I know this wouldn't happen to you, thank you, you wouldn't put yourself in the scenario, but if somebody in your family came up to you and went, I mean wrestling's a bit fake, isn't it? Is it not? You know, you oh. can't leave at the end of the night. You've got to stay so the next morning they'll grill you again about it at breakfast. Oh no, well all my family no, I've never talked about this with none of my family members um ever talked to me about pro wrestling. They all they can't stand it. They think it's absurd, they think it's ridiculous. They think my job's a joke, so I just don't ever talk to them about it because it just it just annoys me. So I know what you mean there, but wrestling is never on the agenda. It's never on the menu because of comments that are made that just irritate me. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but we hope that whatever you're all getting up to this Christmas, that you managed to avoid those kind of conversations at the Christmas table. Um, yes. I'm aware that this is very late, so we'll not belabor it for too long, but uh, NXT deadline did take place um, on the 9th of December, and I did go back and watch the men's Iron Survivor Challenge match, and um, obviously it was won in the end by Trick Williams, and you know I, I, I'd, he- I'd heard stuff about the finish and then I know you'd said about the finish, it was really good. And obviously this was that Trick Williams was kind of in a position about 90 seconds from the end where you thought there's no way this guy can win this match. And the way they did it was so inventive. And I, I saw someone, I, I was I watched it yesterday and then I was kind of reading tweets about it and stuff. And I saw someone say they didn't think that wrestling could develop a new form of drama within a new match type like this, but I think we can uh, hit the jackpot. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, I've written here, after watching that match, that is the magic of pro wrestling. And by my reckoning, Trick scored four falls in 59 seconds to win the match. You know, it's like, forget about any of the storylines you've seen in Rocky movies or any (laughs) fight movie. This was even, in a way, even more you know, outrageous and unbelievable than any of them. But in that arena on the night with that crowd that wanted Trick Williams to win desperately, it worked fabulously. It was one of the best finishes of the... It could have been the best finish of the year, actually, in pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, and sadly, it was about the only thing on the show that I really feel, you know, delivered on a in a big way. I felt Deadline was a bit of a disappointment. Had it not been for that match, it would have been a massive thumbs down for me. I mean, yeah, I just, I was really like disappointed by pretty much every other match on the show, if I'm honest. Uh, uh, I thought Dragon Lee versus Dominic Mysterio, I thought that should have been better. Um, Dragon Lee won the North American title. And I was, kind of felt a little bit anticlimactic, the finish. Um, you know, Dom had been champion, obviously held the belt twice. He'd been champion for a long time um, over his two reigns. And it should have been more monumental when he lost the belt. Uh, so, yeah, I was a bit disappointed by that. Um, I thought the women's Iron Survivor match should have been better as well. Um, the problem they had was that people wanted Tiffany Stratton to win. But we saw what happened earlier in the year when Tiffany Stratton faced 
Lyra Valkyria, and people booed Lyra and cheered Tiffany. And <laughs> Tiffany's the heel, Lyra, of course, is the face. So they weren't going to put Lyra Valkyria in that position again with Tiffany Stratton as an opponent. So it ended up being Blair Davenport who won the match. And she, you know, as a, as a heel is adequate. I think she could actually be a bigger star than she is. Um, but I think people were kind of fell a little bit let down by the outcome there. I mean, Carmelo Hayes versus Lexis, Lexis King was okay. Um, Hayes won the match. You can see King's still a work in progress in terms of learning the business and being a top pro. But I thought he did do well in the match. But it was clear to me that Hayes was the superior wrestler here. And he was basically doing most of the work. So at least the right man won. Um I mean, the men's Iron Survivor was great. I mean, that was the highlight of the show by a mile. Um, Roxanne Perez versus Keanu James in the cage. Why did they put this match on after that Trick Williams match? I mean, fans were just so exhausted and fatigued after the emotional high of Trick winning that they weren't really that interested in Perez versus James. So that match was, I think, the flop of the night. Then we had... um, Ilya Dragunov versus Baron Corbin in the main event. I mean, no surprise over who was going to win that. I mean, it was inconceivable that Corbin would win. So even though the match was entertaining, there was just no drama over the outcome. Ilya won in the end. And yeah, that was deadline. So yeah, probably probably the worst NXT PLE I can't even, in, in so long, I just can't even tell you the last time they presented a premium live event that was worse than that. So, yeah, big disappointment. The only thing you need to see if you haven't watched the show is the Trick Williams win. That is the only match I would recommend. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny you, t- you talked about how, you know, Trick Williams got the got his four falls in 59 seconds. And we, you know, we all have that kind of PTSD of Cena when he did the thing, you know, the, the Nexus angle in 20, the Nexus match in SummerSlam 2010. And he yeah. pinned, I think it was Barrett and Gabriel in the last 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And, after the famous DDT on the concrete, which yeah. actually wouldn't seem that ridiculous. Now we're in the AEW era where people kick out of everything. Well, obviously it would seem ridiculous because it would be AEW, but I mean, at the time, you know, someone kicking out of a DDT shortly after, you know, DDT on the floor, it's yeah. just like, what's going on here? You know, this should not be happening. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the fact that, that Trick Williams and they were able to do it in a way that did not feel like you were being cheated or that you were being... Uh, it, it, it didn't... It felt... If you were to look at it on paper, I could see why you kind of go, hmm, did that work? But it worked so well that you almost can't believe it when you watch it. Yeah, so good. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah. So well, well laid out. We had uh, some interference, uh, distraction there from Eddie Thorpe just before the finish. Mm-hmm. But it was so fast, and there was just so much going on. And remember, everyone had absorbed like nearly twenty-five. Well, not everyone because people ended the match at intervals. But you know, the match had been going for nearly twenty-five minutes at this point. So you know, they'd, a lot of people had absorbed a lot of punishment. So it was slightly more believable, you know, in that context. Um, but it was such a hectic finish, and they, and they pulled it off marvellously. It was an amazing finish. Uh, but yeah, that was the only thing on the show that you need to see if you haven't watched Deadline. Yes. Uh, now, I, did, I, I wanted to ask you something, because Dave, one of our long-time listeners and contributors, who we very much appreciate, had tweeted and asked uh, you and me, I'd really like to hear your opinions on this week's NXT storyline slash injury angle, maybe a deep dive on past injury angles, 
HBA with concussion, Sandman blinding. So obviously he's referring to the main event of this week's NXT, which was Ilya Dragunov and Ridge Holland. And they did a spot basically where Holland dropped Ilya on his head. And Ilya, basically the referee kind of stopped the match and then called the referee to check on Ilya. And Ridge was sort of hanging his head in his corner, hoping he's not hurt him. And then medics come out and they put Ilya on a stretcher. He's got the neck brace brace on. And it's the kind of serious voices. And he is stretchered off. Yeah. Uh, What did you make? I mean, obviously, there's kind of a few things to this. Ridge Holland has injured people for real in the past. Yeah. So that is an element of it. But like Dave said, there is, you know, the old kind of examples of Shawn Michaels with the 1995 concussion. What did you make of the angle? Is it in poor taste? Is it not? Uh, What do you think of it? Well, people have got to decide that for themselves. I mean, if you think about it, lots of pro wrestling, lots of things that happen in pro wrestling are in poor taste. Of course they are. And if you want to be offended by it, then you will. Um, You know, I do understand it. Obviously, the big E injury was, you know, devastating and should never have happened. And we talked about that at the time. Um, But I mean, in wrestling, you know, injury angles are part of the business. And, um, you know, Ridge is somebody, you know, who... He's going to, where, where do you draw the line? You know, he, yeah, Ridge might as well retire. You, I mean, theoretically, Ridge could injure, some, injure someone on any move, couldn't he? Yeah. I mean, you know, it can happen at any time if some if something's done incorrectly or someone lands, lands badly. So, you know, if people want to take offence to that, that's up to them. Um, injury angles, I think, can work very well. Obviously, the Shawn Michaels thing in 95 did. That was based upon the beating he'd received outside the nightclub. Um, the match with Owen Hart, which was on the post-Survivor Series 95 Raw, wasn't it? Very famous angle at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it was. The post, um, yeah, there's the Raw the night after Survivor Series. That's it. And it was Shawn Michaels' um, face turn, wasn't it? He basically turned face when he came back, didn't he? Yes. So, um, I mean, that was a huge thing at the time. Everyone was talking about it, and a lot of people were fooled by it. I mean, it's different times then. You know, kayfabe was still hanging on by its fingertips, and the internet. I mean, I didn't have the internet then; it still existed, but very, very few people had the, people had the internet at that point. Um, <clears throat> so it was, yeah, very effective angle. I thought Shawn Michaels sold it brilliantly at the time, as did Owen Hart um, and the announcers. Um, I don't think anyone really thought that was in poor taste. Because the only person who really was being exploited there was Shawn Michaels. So you could say the Ridge Holland thing, well, they're exploiting the Big E injury, which is a different person. So I can understand, you know, that's a different set of circumstances there. The Sandman one with the um, cigarette in the eye, that was also a very believable angle at the time. And I remember speaking to, I think it's when they interviewed Sandman, we talked about it. Yeah, we did an interview in 2001. And um, it was amazing that they were able to keep a lid on that. And people genuinely believed that that was real. And I don't know how the hell they kept a lid on that one, but they <laughs> did. You know, and that was a really good one as well. And people thought that Sandman was blinded. And that would have been 94, I think that was. That was that night. 94 and 85. Uh-huh. So that was very believable. I mean, when I first started watching American wrestling, um, there was the ones that people were talking about then would have been the, actually both involving Ricky Steamboat. And Jake Roberts had famously DDT'd Ricky Steamboat. Was it on the floor or was it on a chair? And Steamboat sold that brilliantly and people thought that was real. 
And there was another one as well uh, where Savage had nailed Steamboat with the ring bell in his yes. throat. That mm-hmm. was another very famous angle as well. I don't think people believe that one was real, but Steamboat sold it really well. Steamboat was getting all this time off, Kenny, with his injury angles. That was that was Bonnie. Bonnie at home saying, you're not working anymore. Get home. Another injury angle, please. <laughs> and then they make him IC champion. It's like, well, you know, I need to be at home more. What? We've just <laughs> given you the IC belt. It's like, right, Butch. Butch Reed was supposed to beat Steamboat, then Butch no showed, and Honky got it. And he became the longest reigning champion ever until Gunter, you know, broke and smashed and defeated his top dicks, you know, surpassed his time as champ. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I think injury angles can be very effective. Of course they can be. And it's all in the presentation and it's all in the sell at the time. And obviously Elia's one of the top three sellers in the business right now. And it's all in what happens when the wrestler returns. And I think the injury has to be worked into the into the match stories when the when the person comes back. Um, if it's just ignored and it's not, they don't make a big deal out of it, then it, it, it becomes rather pointless. You know, it doesn't, you know, it becomes ineffectual, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's all in the presentation when it happens. Um, the follow-up, you know, with the story of how they present it the next week and the week after. And then when the wrestler returns from injury, how how does he perform? Is he still injured? Is he in a weakened state? Does he just ignore it? You know, so, yeah, I mean, I think they, they are an important part of the business. You can't do them too often. Otherwise, people don't believe them. What yeah. do you make? I think I think it's tough because of the Ridge Holland factor. That's the only part of it that I think is a bit kind of difficult because obviously he, you know, you, you would assume he feels very bad about the big E injury and stuff sure in the past. And, but at the same time, you know, maybe he's thinking, look, it's wrestling you know, rather than sort of shying away from this kind of stuff, I'll play into it. You know, maybe this is going to be part of his gimmick that he hurts people and that's like part of his thing. I mean, maybe that's the way they're going to go. I understand why he would be okay with it and I understand why some people would see it's a bit in poor taste because of that fact. I don't think, apart if you take the Ridge Holland element out of it, I don't really think it's in any more poor taste than anything. That, I mean, I've, some of the stuff we've seen in wrestling has been so much worse than you know an an injury angle i mean when we were doing the attitude era stuff it's like you need to get terry's miscarriage you've got you know then you get later on katie the katie vick corpse thing like there's so much worse stuff than than this and if it if it's going to help you yeah be more beloved and have people root for him more then it'll have i think that's that's the key if Ilya gets more out of this it's been successful if he doesn't, then it's maybe not been a success. But with Shawn Michaels, the example you used from 1995, that arguably was... Did you... six when he returned, did their best number in... I think it was the best number since WrestleMania 12. But Royal Rumble 96, um, where Michaels returned, won the match for second year running, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won you running, yeah, and that did that exceeded expectations on pay per view, and it was built around Shawn Michaels's heroic return, yeah. and then he won the Rumble, and then of course he would go on to face Bret Hart. Rest, sorry, not WrestleMania twelve. WrestleMania twelve took place after Rumble ninety six. Hmm. It was the best um, pay per view number since WrestleMania eleven. Just correct myself there, Kenny. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, but and WrestleMania eleven had obviously been Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor, which had done. 
you know, hadn't that had fallen short of expectations. That's another story entirely. You know, we talked about that before. Actually, maybe we've never talked about that before. I seem to have written about it many times anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, but WrestleMania 11 in 1995, um, you know, it did a, a decent number. Vince thought it was going to do a hell of a lot better than he did. Um, and then Rumble 96 with the Shawn Michaels' heroic return from the injury that we just, just described, you know, the collapse in the ring and the match with Owen Hart. That did, I think, over 250,000 buys which was considered a really good number at the time and was also seen as like, wow, this is, you know, the fans are really behind Sean. You know, we can now confidently put the WWF title on him at WrestleMania 12, you know, and he's going to be the guy that's going to carry the company. Um, So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and that, that injury angle was a huge part of that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, today, as we record this, which is the 21st of December, there are now a bunch of free agents in pro wrestling. Free agents from WWE, their 90-day competes have ran out. The, the stars are Mustafa Ali, Aliyah, Shelton Benjamin, Rick Boogs, Dana Brooke, Daba Kato, Elias, Emma, Quincy Elliott, Yulisa Leon, Mason Mansoor, Riddick Moss, Matt Riddle, Shanky, Top Dollar, and Dolph Ziggler. So they are all free agents as of today. And this ties in with, I guess, with Scott Demore, who... I, I, have you been keeping track of the hard-to-kill ticket sales for TNA? No, been... I haven't. No, so, I have not. So they had sold about 250 tickets for the okay. event. Okay. And then they added Okada to the event and they sold about another 100 tickets to the event. I so mean, that's it, not very impressive, is it? No. And I'm trying to find the updated numbers uh, here. I'll find it as we're, we're chatting. But Scott Demore was on Busted Open Radio and he said that there is a signing that they, they are making that is going to be one of the, like a, like a huge signing for TNA and they're going to announce it at Hard to Kill. So you got to assume that Really, it would probably have to be somebody out of that bunch of names I've just mentioned. Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs. Can you imagine if that's who it is and they've been building him up? Fucking hell. It's got to be be Matt Riddle, hasn't it? I mean, he is the biggest star of that bunch. If it's not Matt Matt Riddle, Top Dollar's not going to sell any tickets. (laughs) I mean, Mustafa, could... sorry, Kenny, Mustafa, I'll just say this and I'll shut up. Mustafa Ali, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's a real talent, but I don't see him as a ticket seller. No. The only other person I think it could be is Dolph Ziggler. 
But I mean, again, I don't think he's a massive ticket shifter either. No. But, but then again, I mean, are any of them, even Matt Riddle, is he a massive ticket seller as of today? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you know, when you join TNA or Impact, it's still Impact now, isn't it? It's TNA from Hard to Kill, right? That's when it yeah. reverts to the name. Um, yeah, so I mean, have... when, you, when you join that company, it sort of devalues you. And that's the reason why some people don't want to join Impact Stroke TNA, because you've got that sort of stigma, stigma of being a third rate performer. You know, even though, and I always say, when I use the term third rate, I mean more in terms of stars, not third rate in terms of in-ring performance, because obviously yeah. Impact has some really talented people. But as you have just explained, they are not selling tickets as members of that roster. I will say, just to, to kind of half correct myself, so they are now up to 688 tickets. All right, well, that's um, slightly respectable. Well, out of 1,100. But even then, it's like, so the, I think the, the setup is 1,180 for the, the building that they're in. But, I mean, this is, you know, within that, they've got the return of the TNA name, which was supposed to be this big, you know, se- seismic shift Game in the changer. company. Game changer, wasn't it? Game changer. Then they sign Okada for it, who, you know, we've got you talked about the fact that he is, is going to be a free agent at the end of January. So he's potentially going to be making a move. I mean, I assume it's got to be to AEW or W. I'm, sh- I'm flabbergasted that he is going to do an appearance for TNA after the horrific way he was booked by them. I know it's a different regime. Yeah. But, and you they know. Did. they did apologise to him. Well, you know. Yeah, they and that was a long time ago. Vince Russo got the heat for that. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, they, 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 they booked him as a butler, right? That was the whole... They, yeah. made, they made him a butler, which, you know, the kind of the connotations to that are like the Pink Panther movie yeah. with Kato. Yes. So, you know, not not very PC. But, yeah, but there has been a history of people going to TNA for the for like a couple of appearances. Like, remember Cody did it when he left WWE and he was doing his kind of tour of everywhere. Yeah. And he was in, AEW, he was in TNA for a little while. Osprey's obviously done it. But I just don't know if anybody who is a big name is going to put the roots down in TNA. I wouldn't have thought so. No, they will. They would do if they didn't have any other options. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then they will because... The money's not the worst. The money's okay, and it's a really nice schedule there. I mean, you know, it's almost a part-time schedule, isn't it, really? Well, the report apparently is that the whoever this signing is, the, the Anthem had put by some money to go after a, a proper signing, and that's okay. who this is going to be. But, I mean, the thing, I guess it, it depends what you're looking for. If you're somebody like Dolph Ziggler, and you're, I guess he's, what, 42 now, I think? He's in his 40s, I think. But he must yeah, be right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is 43. He's 43. So he's 43. He'll be 44 in July. If he can get a really good deal and Impact only work maximum twice a month, then maybe that's an attractive happy proposition. Happy days. Happy days for Dolph. I don't see Dolph as somebody who's... There's going to be a sea change for the company if he joins. And I think it would be greeted more by groans rather than whoops of delight. Because, I mean, Dolph, to me, needs to go away and reinvent himself. Obviously, he wouldn't be called Dolph Ziggler because that's a WWE trademark name. So that actually would be a good start. So he'd have to use, would it be Nick 
Nick Nemeth, would you call Nick, this? Nick, Nem- Nick Nemeth is... is yeah, would you I mean, call Nick... his name? Probably, probably would. So, I mean, that would actually be a start. I mean, he'd have to present himself as a different character, uh, which, you know, Impact has done very successfully with lots of people, so he could do that. But I just don't see it as, like, this huge moment for the company. I think Riddle is somebody who could go there with the idea that he, you know, he has something to prove, you know, that he is reliable, he can go there, you know, become a very professional performer and not do anything outside the ring that's liable to embarrass the company with a view to, in one or two years' time, returning to WWE to redeem himself and fulfil his true potential there. Although I did, you know, uh, Randy Orton did do that interview with Pat McAfee, didn't he? Yes, he did. And he really, he actually really put Riddle over in that interview, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, Riddle did a lot for Randy Orton in that, yes. you know, whatever you want to say about Riddle behind the scenes, he did kind of give Orton a new lease of life. Oh, absolutely. And and it was really, I know it was really big of Orton to acknowledge that. And I thought when Orton said that, is this a precursor to Riddle being granted, you know, a, a third chance? Not a second chance. He had his second chance and he hmm. blew that. A third chance. Or maybe it's his 10th chance. I don't know. Um, and Orton might say, you know what? You know, he's gone away, you know, bring him back sort of post-WrestleMania. I'll keep him in line. He's learned his lesson, blah, blah, blah. So that could be potentially a direction for Riddle. And he might be wanting to maybe prove himself on the independent circuit, you know, yeah. and then get back into WWE's good graces. So joining Impact Stroke TNA for three years, uh, which presumably, or at least a year, could be counterproductive for Riddle's long-term career. So, you know, the more I think about it, more I think it's probably not going to be Riddle because it's possible that he'll be back in WWE after WrestleMania. Yeah. So maybe it's going to, maybe it is going to be Ziggler. Maybe that's the... Yeah. See, the I mean, thing here, if, if you're Ziggler and you've got to... like, Because if you go to AEW, you really need to be prepared that it's a, it's a roll of the dice because you've got to... You've basically got to serve a lot of masters. You've got to serve Tony Khan's desire of you. You've got to serve the in-ring component that the audience of AEW want. You've got to then have so much charisma that you step outside of that element of it to be more over and be able to do storyline stuff with people like Jericho or MJF or whoever. So to to stand out in AEW is it's actually a very tricky thing to do. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Impact, is, it, it's an easier thing because you, you automatically would walk in and be the biggest star there. Absolutely, absolutely. And if they set aside the money, then they will have to push you from the off because they're paying you more than most of the, maybe more than everyone, maybe more than anyone else in the company. And at that point, yeah, you're you're guaranteed a top spot for your duration there in the company. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if Ziegler came in as Nick Nemeth, obviously he's going to have to have the new name, as I've said. New character, possibly. People will be interested to see what he does there. I don't know. I mean, most of the other people on the list that you just read out, kind of first or second match performers. And it's hard to really imagine any of them really becoming bigger stars in Impact than they were in WWE. I mean, Mustafa Ali's real talent, but he's not a top guy, is he, really? I mean, yeah. I, I to me, he was the one they should 
on the whole list of people they got rid of, I understand, I, I understood the reasons why everyone else was released, but Mustafa Ali, I just didn't get that one at all. He was somebody who was really making progress in, in NXT. I thought he was really contributing so much to the system there. And I felt like he could have gone back to the main roster and done some big things there, but it was not to be. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you about was, obviously, so it, it's come out this week that Charlotte Flair has, has is she's not going anywhere anytime soon because she's recently signed a new deal with WWE. It's a huge money increase. She's got a tour bus now, and she's one of the highest paid women in the history of the company with the new deal. But in addition to that, Mercedes Monet, who was you know all but confirmed to be debuting in AEW when she'd returned from injury, apparently that is no longer happening uh, as of now. They are far apart in terms, and apparently Mercedes Monet's asking price for anybody, whether it's WWE or AEW, is higher than what Charlotte Flair's new deal is. So my <laughs> question to you is, for WWE, is she worth the money? Um, well, there's obviously a, a spot for her now that Charlotte Flair's on the bench until next August, September. She mm-hmm. could drop right back in um a raw rumble and be final two with becky lynch and lynch could win to set up lynch versus rhea ripley at wrestlemania she's the presumed match um that could even be a main event match actually lynch versus ripley you could see that closing one of the two nights of wrestlemania but sasha i mean i don't know what it's more than 18 months now since she left WWE, I mean, she's done stuff for New Japan, which I thought I was impressed with what she did over there. But she, I mean, I don't think she's worth that much money. She believes she is. I mean, but, you know, she always had an ego problem, I felt. You know, she was always somebody who had an inflated sense of her own self-importance. And I think that did derail her at times. Um but, I mean, I don't blame her in a sense for playing hardball on the money. Because, I mean, you know, when it comes to a deal, there should be, they always say, the best deal, there should be pain on both sides. There should be a compromise there where everyone's giving a little. And if everyone gives a little from the start, that just shows that compromise is possible throughout the entire business relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if I was Sasha, I wouldn't join AEW. I just don't think the women's division is a priority for Tony Khan. That's been proven again and again. I'm not sure who she would work with there. I don't think there are anyone. I don't think there was anyone on the female roster who is anywhere near a big enough star to really, you know, match Sasha. Whereas in WWE, there's a lot of opportunities there. She could stroll straight back in. She could do stuff with Bailey. She could do stuff with Lynch down the line. There's that match with Rhea Ripley. That'd be big. I mean, there's things she could do with so many people. She could have a turn in NXT. She probably wouldn't do, and she'd probably feel slighted if that was even suggested to her. Hmm. You know, never mind putting someone over there. Not Sasha. She's the biggest star of them all. Um, so, I don't know. It's a tricky one, Kenny. The more you think about it, it's like, well, yeah, go back to WWE, Sasha. But if she's going in with that attitude, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? If she's going yeah. in there saying, well, I'm a bigger star than, all, than everyone here. After, you know... You know, okay, she had her reasons for leaving, but I mean, she sort of left WWE in the lurch, didn't she? If you remember, Kenny, she. Oh, I, I know, I know what you're saying. But I do think, in her defence for that, I think you know she had been told she had been asked to do the tag thing. She didn't really want to do it, and then they were like, you know, come on, we want to put some some stuff behind this, some stuff behind this division, and then they won the titles at WrestleMania, I think. Yeah. Her and Naomi, and then within six weeks, they wanted Naomi and Sasha to 
job in singles title matches to the various singles champions. So I think in her mind, she was just like, you know, I've tried to do this new thing. You don't want to do it. I mean, and we've seen, you know, she's actually been proven right in that scenario. Because what has the women's tag division done since she left? Absolutely nothing. You know, so. Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I understand that. But I think the whole way that she handled her departure reminded me a little bit of Tony Storm when she went, which was very foolish on her part. Yeah. Um, you know, you might say, well, she's doing really well in AEW. I just more the way she handled her departure. And um, she's yeah. still young. And you're like, well, you don't leave a company like WWE in that manner. You do it in a professional way so you can one day you can return, you know. Um, with, but- with Sasha, she's kind of got the she's kind of got the leverage now, like you said, because Charlotte's out for so long. Yeah. You know, if, if Charlotte was around, maybe they'd go, well, you know, we're not going to pay her that amount of money. But if they, you know, they, they need somebody. In that women's division, so I think this is a, a good time for Sasha to use that bargaining power. Yeah, she's in a position of yeah, she's in a position of strength, no doubt about it. When it comes to negotiations, we know WWE can afford to pay; they could afford to pay her five times what she's asking. WWE yeah. wouldn't do that because it would upset the salary, salary structure, and I can't imagine that Sasha is going to be paid more than Charlotte either. As I say, as I said earlier, you know there'll be a a negotiation there. If if both sides are willing and Sasha does want to return, I'm sure they will reach a compromise. But I mean, these are the best years of her career. And she she should be wrestling right now for someone for a major company. Um I mean the thing and- is she's, she's probably not wrestling because if she got this high price bracket, which in some ways I do respect, because you know, if you put yourself in that level, then you're only going to be used you know when somebody really wants to use you. Sure, yeah. But at the same time, you know, because TNA aren't going to get a look in with her at this point. No chance. Um, But yeah, I think she, because also the thing with with AEW, to your point as well, is I think that, you know, they've not exactly, if if you were to look at when they were negotiating with her, which was, say, in the summer, maybe, and if she was to kind of go, right, okay, I'm going to give it a couple of of months and just see how thing, what the lay of the land is. Maybe she's kind of looking at it going, "Mm, I don't think I can do anything with this. I don't yeah. think I can. I, I can come in and try and have good matches, but I don't think I can do anything to make this division any better. And you know, rightly or wrongly, like CM Punk with Collision, she will be looked at as the failure or the success of it, whether she's involved in something or not. You, if she comes in, it'll be can Mercedes change the women's division? And if it doesn't change, some people will sort of lay the blame at her door. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, but just. To me, they're out the start. I mean, I think Sky Blue's doing well. Um, I think Julia Hart probably in years to come will be, you know, a good performer. She isn't yet, but she probably will be one day. Um, but I mean, oftentimes these people are booked against inferior talents. Um, it was a match between Julia Hart and Lady Frost. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one on collision yeah. the other weekend? I mean, that was a shambles, that match. Absolute Absolutely shambles. And like if Sasha's going in there, she she knows. I mean, we saw this actually in WWE with Rhea Ripley and Maxine Dupree. And you have the best one wrestler in the biz, Rhea Ripley, and you book her against someone who shouldn't even be in singles matches. And the best woman's wrestler in the business looks mediocre. You know, so that's the problem. You want to be booked against top quality performers whom you can trust and who you believe in and who you can have faith in that are going to 
give you a you know good performance and do everything that they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. And I think Sasha's probably looking at AEW women's division and thinking, well, who can I come in here? Who can I who can I excel with in AEW? And I can't name one person. Um, yeah. Whereas in WWE, there is many people she can work with there and excel against and do really, you know, some do, you know, have better matches than she's had previously. You know, you you want to go back if you went back to WWE, you want your future to be brighter than your past. And I think it could be in WWE. I don't see a bright future for her in AEW. So I don't, I can't imagine she's going to go there. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one really, because she needs to, to me, she needs to make a decision between now and WrestleMania. And if she hasn't returned to WWE by the, you know, by the night, by the Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania, I can't imagine she's going to go there because she'll have sort of missed the opportunity to come back with a bang. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, as always. Um, that's all the time we've got for today. We will have more stuff over on Patreon over Christmas, which uh, will obviously be the uh, overrun and also a special, where we look back at the first Nitro and the Goldberg-Hogan match. Uh, there won't be a What's Going Down next week, but there will be a Power Slam, I think. So we will get together and hopefully figure that out next week at some point. Um, yes, definitely. But, I will be around next Friday, Kenny, at yep. so we could record something then. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out, so we'll get that in the can. And I did want to just give a shout-out to Tom Fordy, who's one of the people who writes for the mag, and also a friend of ours. And, um, you know, he has been through the wars with his son, Buster, who's had a leukaemia battle for a few years, but she is now on the other side of, thank God, um, but has had, you know, has, has went deaf in one ear from, from the from what's went on. So, you know, he has been a, a real inspiration, uh, Buster, uh, going through all that and kind of having such a positive attitude. So I want to send all of our good wishes to Tom and to Buster yeah, for yeah. the festive period. Like to second that. Um, but yeah, so we hope that you all have a good Christmas and uh, we will see you on the other side. Remember, patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes is where you can get more content from us and Inside the Ropes magazine. Dot com is where you can buy the magazine. Powerslammagazine.com uh, Power is where you can buy the yearbook. You know where you can find us. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.